0: The energy that you bring to any situation is the most important piece. You could be the best father in the world because you were able to make something of it. The energy that you carry in that situation is going to stick with them for life. And they will just remember the energy that you brought to difficult situations and that will help them in difficult situations down the line. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast.
1: Hey, what's up, men? Scott Ramage here. Today I have Pierce Kukisi with me. Uh, Pierce has a pretty awesome background, at least I think he does. He was a U.S. Army Special in Special Operations uh, under the 75th Ranger Regiment. Uh, He's done a lot of Special Ops in the Middle East and other places, I'm sure. And, uh, man, he, he... Basically I, I might might have this right but he's he's all about human optimization which I think is incredibly important. I can't I can't wait to talk about some things with you. Welcome to the show Pierce.
0: I appreciate it Scott. Thanks for having me on.
1: So how bad did I butcher your bio? Tell tell us a little bit about yourself.
0: <laughs> no no butchering. You got it pretty much right. Um, so my former career was, you know, US Army special operations. I was a ranger, right? So there's different avenues that people can go within that. Um, There's all different types of units, Rangers, SEALs, uh, Green Berets, MARSOC, the Air Force has them. It's all kind of the same type of guy, similar mission set, just doing, you know, minorly different things. Um, But yeah, deployed all over the Middle East, trained U.S. special operations, foreign special operations, had a whole good time doing it, amazing experience. Um, And now, yeah, I'm back out in California uh, for the last couple of years and, Doing all things human optimization from a very holistic view.
1: That's really cool. How did you get into human optimization? I know you kind of have to. I, I don't know if you get formal training, like a lot of formal training on that in the service, but you know, what was there's it to kind of push you in that that direction?
0: There's some, but it's really more experiential, right? So I I give kind of this journey, typically. When I first was training for the military and going into what we call selection, right, which is essentially tryouts, it was all about, okay, how do I be physically tough, as physically tough as possible? I need my body to be unbreakable. I need to be able to pass all the tests. I need to be able to not sleep, not eat, and keep going. Then I started to understand, okay, much of this is really mental. How do I become mentally tough? right? And so- started training that realizing that, okay, maybe this is even more important than the physical. Then I started gaining some awareness around all the other guys around me that were failing or quitting and seeing how they're talking to themselves, Mm. what their mindset is like, what they're doing with their bodies. That's causing these, this quitting and failure. Um, And then as I went operational and I started to see guys that they made it, they're extremely physically fit. They're tough. Their minds are strong, but they've been there for years. And why are they now having issues? It's performance issues, mental issues, issues at home, issues with drugs and alcohol, behavior, whatever it was. And I'm recognizing now that you have to be also emotionally tough. And then afterwards, after the military experience, I'm coming back into civilian life and seeing kind of the the stress or what we call operator syndrome, which is essentially a cumulative effect of allostatic load, which just means stress and perceived stress on the mind and body and how that affects people's lives. And it was not only myself, it was athletes, it was people in business, everybody that I see. And then I started to gain this awareness of, okay, it's not toughness, it's resilience. Resilience being the ability to bounce back from anything, right? You think of Uh, resilience to me is really the ultimate measure of toughness. I think about like a a rock or a diamond, right? They're incredibly strong, but under a certain amount of pressure, they will eventually break. This episode is brought to you by Dapper Guru.
1: Dapper Guru are men products that help you look good while conquering the world. Let's face it, gentlemen, we should not be using our wife's soaps and oils and such. We should smell like men and use products developed specifically for men. My friend at Dapper Guru, Robert, created these products. He tests these products. He is the real deal. This is a veteran-owned, veteran-supported company. And the cool thing is, is if you go to that webpage and put in the code BROTHERHOOD, you will get 10% off all of your purchases. I use the products. My son uses the products. Josh uses the products you should be using the products. That's Dapper Guru. Check out the link in the podcast notes. Go place an order, place a small order, check it out. uh,
0: And you will know why we use these products. If you take a lacrosse ball, you can throw that thing as hard as you can at any surface and it will bounce right back into the same shape that it was, right? And so even though it's softer, it's more resilient. And so I just kind of became obsessed and fascinated with this whole world mostly from it's been a passion of mine for a long time um and it's been able to help a lot of other people too
1: yeah wow like you hit some uh the nail on the head like seriously but what's really going on in my mind about the way men in particular because that's you know my market my my interest is on on men but the way that they're handling situations and we had a little conversation about this before but um I want to dive right into that. But first, you said some term, and I can't remember what it was. I don't have my pen and paper, but you said some term. It was like a, how late? Operator syndrome. ah, It was after that. We'll get get back to it. Allostatic load? Yeah, allostatic load. I've never heard that before, which is quite surprising because I hear. So explain allostatic load a, a little more.
0: Yeah. So you can actually, if you go online and you look up operator syndrome, it's now a a medical term and there's studies and everything. And it came from the military. They're saying military operators. They're taking a look at all these guys and saying, okay, they don't have PTSD like people had back in world war II, where they got drafted. They didn't want to be there. Like all these guys knew what they were getting into. They wanted to do everything that they did. So, okay, why are there so many issues? Now, once again, I believe this operator syndrome to a degree is applicable to all men, especially hard driving men that were maybe athletes. They're in business. Allostatic load is essentially a cumulative amount of stressors, which means physical stress, like how much you've been beating on your body, how much you haven't been sleeping, poor nutrition, whatever. Mental stress, if you've been running at red line, For years and years and years, or you're in a stressful environment, or your brain chemistry gets too accustomed to adrenaline, epinephrine, hormones like that, um, concussions. And then we have perceived stress, which creates a true physical reaction, which is, you know, for some people, being in combat might be the most stressful thing in their lives. And for some people, it might be fear of failure, mm-hmm. right? That's actually creating that stress. So it's essentially just this funnel of all of these stressors that are going into the human system, which is mind and body. Um, so it's, it's covering a wide range of things. And essentially everybody fits into this category. So my goal has really been how do we fix operator syndrome not just for military operators, not just for firefighters and law enforcement, but for entrepreneurs, executives, athletes, moms, anybody.
1: Well, it's real. I mean, I was, as you were talking about, like talking about it from like the operator standpoint, you think, okay, that stress is real. I mean, there's there's stress of making sure you're getting things right, um, you know, handling the equipment, keeping yourself safe, being on a pivot at all the time, the the emotional stress, the physical stress, all those things. So how does that, have you seen like the same level of intensity in that with entrepreneurs and high achievers? I mean, is it able, It does it get yes. to the same level?
0: Um, to a degree. So a lot of times physically, maybe not the same. Um, there may not be as big adrenaline dumps uh, you know, they entrepreneurs, executives might have a little bit better physical environments, but mm-hmm. mentally you have to think of stress. It's all perspective based. So somebody that's been in combat for years in the middle East, those things become normal and they maybe bring them up to a level seven or six of stress. Right. But that consistently chronically becomes the issue. An entrepreneur may get brought to a level six or seven From anything, just running their business, running their family, whatever that is. But that six or seven maintained over years, that's what's creating these issues because our body will adapt, right? It adapts to anything. It's really good at it. So if we are living at a level seven stress level for years, our body will create that as a new baseline. Mm -hmm. If we are stressed out, we, we know by you can go do this in a workout, you start getting all these negative thoughts in your head and all these fears. It's your body's way of trying to protect you. So now imagine people's normal way that they're living is with a pre-programmed negative mind state because of this stress. So the goal is reset everybody back to zero, be able to handle stress at a level of 10, And then quickly drop yourself back down and maintain that zero one two as your baseline right the ability to turn it on when we want and turn it off that's where the keys to performance lie
1: that's that's really cool i mean just today i came into this call and i told you it had been a like a ton of stuff coming across me through text and message like and it's just been it was it was like i was under fire like bam 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 just Fires to put out, things to do, and I'm coming in like really hot. And I've I've implemented a lot of breathing practices, and usually there's there's a reset I can do. Like you know, it's like step into this reset, but it's taken so long to get to a place where I even remember to do a reset. It where it becomes like ritual. Like whoa, I'm getting to this point. I need to stop. I need to start breathing. I need to maybe do some gratitude, like what things are going right. Kind of like that gap in. The, I don't know if you read the gap in the game. Yeah where you can focus on the gain that you've had rather than the gap. There's all these tools to, to help, but I don't know that you can ever fully be dialed in there. It's really, it's like a never ending journey.
0: It is, and you can't, right? That That's the whole point of this, right? Most people mm-hmm. are like, oh, you know, I, can I fix it in a day? no, it's just like physical training, right? We have, we live this life that is constantly putting negative effects on our bodies. We may be sitting all the time, there's fumes out there, there's, you know, crap in the food and the water and the air, um, negative energy from people, whatever it is, right? It's, It's constant. So we have to constantly be training our bodies to go the opposite way towards health. So we have to do the exact same thing with the mind. And you're only going to get better at it, which is you're going to have this process of remembering and you're going to remember closer and closer to the event that actually happened that stressed you out. However, you'll never get perfect and that's okay. We have to be right. okay with it, right? This, is a, this will be a lifelong process in the school of earth, right? We will constantly be trying to offset negative physical health effects, and negative mental health effects, and there will always be a deeper level and deeper degrees that we can go in that.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I think that sometimes uh, for for myself, I can feel like, wow, I didn't handle that the way I should have, like, what did I do wrong? It's just literally a constant evolution. And for me to even, to even acknowledge or see post event, that I could have stopped and done a little regulation self-regulation and brought things back into perspective so i think you know we I, we obviously have to have some grace on ourselves one thing i've noticed a lot of and and i don't know how long this thing has been going and and i've been a part of it is this we live in a pretty soft world in our in at least in our culture and in, in north america you know we we have ac we have heat we have cars to get us places we sit a lot for work and you know, and then we get sit-stand desks. So we're, we're kind of like in this pseudo mobile um, process all the time. So a lot of people are manufacturing hard things like, and I've noticed like a real upswing in that for the last few years of ice baths, which do have some physiological benefits for sure. Um, sauna, but talking about like extremes, like doing these extremes and how it's developing their mind you know i like to go on long rucks and you know continue to to add weight and see what i can do but what i've noticed and maybe you can you can disagree with me on this or agree is that there's a lot of guys i'm going to use guys cuz that's what i know there's a lot of guys who are doing this and they're they're all about building their resilience and they're all about being tough and they talk about mental fortitude or mental strength but man when when the rubber meets the road They're pretty soft. I've I've just noticed that they're caving to challenges that are outside of that comfort zone that now become physically comfortable with discomfort. Am I onto something here? Or, you know, what do you have to say about that?
0: Yeah, absolutely. How do you see that that manifest mostly?
1: For other people?
0: That's yeah, the guy that's doing the ice bath, he's doing the hard long rucks, And then where do you where do you typically see them cave?
1: almost everywhere outside of that element, right? Like, and another place, well, they, they figured out how to control, to respond in their work environment. So their work environment, they're dialed. They're like, okay, I'm gonna do box breathing. I'm gonna do whatever it takes to get me. And um, I have this, this thing in place. So they've actually worked on this, this mental response, this physiological mental response in, in the physical. Some of them have dialed it into to work, but it's, it's family situations like how they respond to their family real quick to anger and not really thinking logically and, and um, not seeing their actions directly correlated to the outcomes. So yeah. My wife's pissed at me and she doesn't appreciate me. Well, you're really, you're, you're not doing the hard things with your family. And so there's like this disconnect or, you know, I'll, I'll use myself. I'll throw myself on the fire. Um, I used to just absolutely go crazy when something went wrong with travel. I'm traveling, I get to the airport, my my plane is, you know, backed up, or they didn't tell me they moved my seat, and it would like completely hijack me. I was in amygdala hijack. I was just like, I couldn't think, everything was out the window, and um, that's something I had to work with, but I'm noticing this with other men. Like, if something's out of how they see it going, like, how is this going to go, and it deviates, they just crumble. They They give up. Well, I'm seeing guys give up on what I see is easy situations where they could, they could go for a 12 hour rock. No problem. No. I'll go for a 12 hour rock. I think almost they know how to handle that. They know what their control goals and non-control on there are, are in that situation. Right. And they, yeah. they work to that point, but it's, it's when these little, these little things, like your wife, isn't, isn't attending to you the way that you think she is, or she's not affectionate with you at that moment. It's like, we go into this little baby tizzy, you know, we, yeah. we have these responses that are like, like man up, dude.
0: There's totally two sides to this coin. Right. And one thing to recognize is that suffering is essentially unrealized expectations. Yes. Right? So we go into the ruck and we understand what the expectation is. And we know we can meet those expectations, but we set unrealistic expectations within life. The first thing that I see the issue with is compartmentalization of emotion. Now, Mm -hmm. this isn't an issue in an acute sense. It's an issue in a chronic sense. So you're at work, something comes up, and you have the ability to maintain cool, calm, collective sense of self. Amazing. It's no different than what we train in the military. I walk down a hallway, my buddy gets shot, he's on his own, I'm leaving him there because I have to finish the fight in order to create safety for the situation, right? So this is where most men, they start to train, they get really good at it. They don't do the opposite side, which is how do I completely reset and process any emotion that comes up? So if you have issues with expectation for travel, right, there's a feeling inside that either something lets you down, someone lets you down. Uh, There's a fear of failure. There's a fear Mm -hmm. of a lack of time. I don't, I'm not speaking for you, but these are just some ideas that could come up. Um, We have these different expectations on the compartmentalization side, or when you talk about, you know, coming home and being quick with the kids um, or the wife, a lot of times it's bringing this energy right? When we compartmentalize emotion at work so that we can stay on the straight and narrow, we're blocking what's really underneath. And then when we don't have that task to narrow in on, all of those subconscious thoughts and emotions come up. So what I teach people to do is actually how do we process these emotions and manage our state preemptively before we go into a situation? So you had a rough day at work, or maybe not even rough, but you were lasered in and focused, whatever your reset is, do your reset. Change your energy, visualize the situation in the correct way, slow down. Maybe this is when you pull your car into your garage and you take two minutes to do this before you step into the house. This was a huge issue for me, right? I was, I came back, I was in a military setting. I'm go, go, go all the time. And I was on that same path when I was working and your mental state completely changes. And the wife walks in, and, uh, and you know she's not getting the energy from me. You know That's needed for the relationship. And you know it was because of my own issues and my own state. So really learning this state control is incredibly important and in how we reset baseline. The next part, where we go even deeper, is to understand, okay, what is the unconscious programming that lives in our brains? Sit down after everybody goes to bed and say, okay, why did I react? Now ask why again? Really why? Really, really why? Get to the actual issue and solve it there. And So this is kind of this this process that I think is so important for people. And unfortunately, typically it only, it it takes some sort of breaking point, right? Where Mm -hmm. you get some big issue with yourself or your business your family to be like, okay, now I need to rework some things.
1: Yeah, that's that's good. There's so many uh, little things that I've I've personally done in my life to like, especially transition. Talked about like getting home and making that transition. Uh, you know, like I, I used to drive, worked corporate, drive home. And and also this is what guys say all the time. In fact, a guy in the group just posted like, I, I have to work all day. I get up early. I go to work. I drive home. And then I walk in and I have no me time. And um, I, I personally, I get, I, I don't respond to people like that. I let other guys because I get, I'm like pissed. Like, what do you, what do you mean me time? You just had an hour drive from work. Like, what were you doing with your brain? Like, in me, my brain, I'm, I'm like, you know, it's so simple. You just, you transition and you go in and your, your wife, if you have little kids has not had a millisecond of me time. So it's like, you know, it's, it's resetting your, what your expectations of what your day is going to look like now that you are a father and a husband. But, um, do you see a lot of, a lot of men just not making that transition? Well,
0: personally, I would say the, the majority of us do not. Some do. Um, before your guy with the example, right? There is an obvious issue there. When we would look to optimize what he's doing, we could say, okay, me time is within. There's nothing outside of us that is going to give us this the feeling that we want. It's all created from within. Typically, if he's saying me time, that's time to numb out, right? right. What does that mean for people? It could it, this could mean doing something healthy, like working out. This could mean playing video games, sitting on the couch, whatever it is, time where where we can block out and numb out the stress of our day, right? He's saying, he's already saying, I'm working all day, right, and I come home and I just want some me time. Okay, well, you have issues at work. You're either not fulfilled with your position, you're not handling work correctly, uh, your relationships at work aren't well, you don't feel fulfilled and purposeful and motivated, there's one issue. And then maybe there's an issue at home as well, right? Where you're seeking something else that isn't there instead of creating it. Right. Mm -hmm. And we can, we understand that we can create our own internal environment that gives us incredible responsibility. And I'll put it like this. If you thought about something that made you really, really angry, you would start to actually feel anger. Mm-hmm. you would start to get hot, your heart rate might increase. Now, if you did the opposite, and you thought about the best situation possible, or you're on a, a beach somewhere with your wife, and there's no worries, you, you people start to get that they feel the relaxation within. Okay, so now that we know that we can control our internal environment with our mind and body, right, breath, thinking, awareness. So with that comes incredible responsibility, especially as men in this case, right? This guy, made he, he's obviously out, his wife's at home. So he's kind of you know, controlling the household. He's out making the money and then he comes on and he has to give this fatherly energy to the family. He gets to control that. He gets to choose. So this is kind of a long-winded way of saying we need to look at everything that is going on if there's an issue on the front end that's causing a reaction we work on fixing that if there's an issue on the back end right with family life we work on fixing that all the while we're teaching this internal self regulation so that you can the goal is to be able to be in this state of peace even in the most chaotic environments
1: So a lot of it's just acknowledging and understanding like not just acknowledging that you're in it but understand but making connections to What led to it, what kind of situation, you know, like how you respond. I've had to work a lot at, like, if I'm angry or I have an expectation, the expectation is the biggest one. And I love your set, you know, what you said about expectations, especially with my wife. Like, I have an expectation of we're going to go do a date night or whatever it is. And that expectation is stopped like she's like, no, I can't, I have this, or there's some, some other thing. There's a, there's like an immediate response in me that goes straight to frustration. And I think a lot of men, like you, you can confirm this, but I think a lot have an anger response. Like there's a, there's a real quick anger response when things aren't working or things feel out of control. Um, But are you saying that there's a lot of other pieces that are playing into that? Not, and, and. We just really need to get to the the underlying what's going on. What are all the things that are contributing to this?
0: Yeah. So there's a couple of things, right? The band-aid solution is just to be able to reset yourself, have a good frame of mind and say, okay, move on. Mm -hmm. Uh, The other piece of this is what you mentioned, which is anger. Anger is typically a higher energetic, vibrational, emotional environment that can overcome fear and sadness. Right, And we've been told as men that sadness and fear are not the right Ah. way to live. So we learn to overcome it with anger. One of the biggest questions you can ask yourself when you get frustrated, angry, is what are you sad or afraid of? Now, fear is completely okay to acknowledge that we have it. It's hardwired into our brains. You walk to the edge of a cliff. Your brain says, ooh, step back. Right. It's completely natural. We have to use the emotions as data. Right. Mm -hmm. And not, oh, I'm just this, you know, scared guy. Okay. So you mentioned control, right? Like, why do we have a fear of being out of control? Does it make you feel unsafe in a way? If that's the case, then we look at control and we go down this kind of philosophical path of, do you actually even have control of anything? Is it important to have control? Is the ultimate measure of resilience being able to completely give up control and navigate life just as it's presented to you? Does any of that resonate?
1: Oh, hell yeah. I, 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 uh, when I read The Obstacle Is The Way, there was a lot of connections that were made for me. And that's kind of just your basic, you know, stoic philosophy, but this is like, hey, there's things outside of your control but some, some some connections were made in my head. And so, I, but I never put the connection of that being out of control. And so for me, this is really good. I hope it's helping other men because what I had done in response, the, the travel one is a big deal for me. It used to really get me. So, and I've told this story multiple times, taking my wife to Costa Rica, or no, I'd taken my family on spring break two years ago. And I knew because it's spring break, and we are flying a long way, I knew there were going to be flight problems. I just knew it. And I would sound myself like having anxiety and not even wanting to do the trip. Cause I'm like, I don't want my family to be hanging out in the airport for two days or, you know, us get back late and we have to find more care for our dog or whatever. Just all the stupid stories i tell in my head. So and I then took that and practiced those scenarios in my head. All right, if a flight is canceled, how am I going to respond? I like I literally played those out in my head and played out all the different scenarios. And it worked because we had a situation on the way home that we're not going to be able to get you home for two days. I, I was like, okay, here we go. Family, go stand over here. And I was incredibly calm and I was able to play out the logical, correct way to work with somebody. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and just be super agreeable and happy and cheerful and say the person's name over and over again and like played it out. And within five minutes I had my flight book for an hour later, like it's like magically everything was fixed. Right. But normally I would have flipped out and screamed normally being years ago would have flipped out screamed. This is full. This is stupid you know, I've been frantically trying to find other flights and paying extra money or whatever it was. And, um, but so I've been able to adapt a lot of that in almost every scenario of my life. I try, if something's going to be stressful, I try to pre-plan different things. So I think there's a real importance to that. I think there's a huge importance to that. Um, it's, it's like the, the mental prep it's, you know, we are so into this physical prep. I go into that mental prep, but the big question that now you have me questioning is like, What about those things? What, what is, is it actual fear going on? And so now my brain is like switching to the deeper level that I think really men need to get to. I think they need to have mental prep for situations, but um, I have a good friend um, who talks about creating space and the importance of for him meditation and, and also like uh, when he gets into that, that spot where he's experiencing feelings of anger or frustration or shortness of, um, you know, he's just not being good with his family, stopping and really evaluating, really connecting to the feelings and almost doing like a reverse ladder from, okay, this happened and this happened, this is how I feel. And this, you know, and I think that just takes an incredible amount of, of practice and skill. So, How do you connect to what really is the situation? Like for me, like what really is causing such anxiety around things not going the way I planned in the in the flight.
0: Awesome. Well, you did the first thing correctly, which is what I call performance-oriented thinking. You recognized a response, an emotional response in the body that's creating a negative thinking pattern, and you changed it to a positive. Right it's the same thing that every time you you know go and jump out of a plane we're always going to get the same thoughts what if i land and break my leg and blah blah blah, blah. right what if i hit somebody in the air like of course you're jumping out of a plane it's not natural All right so we go straight into executing the task in the perfect way over and over again until you actually do it okay that is a great skill for everybody to learn and that takes discipline in itself to recognize and take a third person point of view of Ooh, I'm, I'm feeling that feeling again. Okay, let's switch our frame. Now, the deeper level of this, the thing that stuck with me that you said is, I don't want to have my family stuck in an airport. That makes me think initially there's a, a fear or a sadness around failure of being a father, a good father. Oh, that's good, man. <laughs> Right? yeah that's it
1: oh yeah that's
0: huge and then if we asked you the next question would be why do you why do you feel like that bothers you Mm -hmm. why does this having a family sit at the airport make you feel like a failure as a father and i actually know that?
1: that i actually know the answer to that and i i'm actively working through it it's the whole it's the whole uh, birth of brotherhood of fatherhood. You know, there was another element with my business partner, my the, the other guy I'm working on this with. But my element is my complete, complete, what I view as a failure of, 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 as a father when my boys were really young. Like, because I completely worked. Every, at work was everything I completely neglected my family. Um, and my wife and I started to do this thing where we're just living life parallel you know instead of living life together on the same track and my wife even like last week she's like Scott you did not fail as a father you did not fail as a husband you learned but I still have incredible connections to that fear of not not stepping up and I think I think this is big for a lot of men maybe they haven't failed yet or they don't know if they have but there's their dad did like there's just so mm-hmm. many layers to this, but for me, it's very clear. I mean, it's it's incredibly clear. I mean, you just connected a couple more dots, which was yeah. awesome. And it makes yeah. sense,
0: right? You've got this thing that happened in the past that created a fear for the future, and it's it's giving this response. Yeah. Right? So what can we do? Okay, we analyze that the the true fear, the true sadness is that we're going to be a failure as a father. Mm-hmm. Now we get to say, okay, could you possibly be a failure as a father? If you brought the proper energy to every situation, think about humans. Our first language for you and me was not English. It was energy. Mm -hmm. We could recognize when even as infants, when somebody was happy, excited, or angry, right? We can feel that, right? We are essentially like these uh, electromagnetic energy inside of a human flesh body. And we can feel these things. So your the energy that you bring to any situation is the most important piece. You could be the best father in the world, even if your kids were stuck in an airport for 24 hours with no food, because you were able to make something of it. The energy that you carry in that situation is going to stick with them for life. They will right. eventually forget about the time that they got stuck in the airport going to Costa Rica And they will just remember the energy that you brought to difficult situations and that will help them in difficult situations down the line. So now we switch the frame of thinking to, it does not matter what happens on the external. It only matters what your state is and what energy that you are passing on to other people because that's the only thing that's real, right? The expectation was that we have this, this trip Great. It was just something that we planned and hoped to happen.
1: Yeah. Well, there's, there's, man, there's so much here. It's, it's really good. And something that I've done that I think has been really healing and and healthy is I've given myself the permission to, when I do fail in those situations or I feel like I failed or I overreact or, um, you know, whatever the case, I have made it practice to talk To my boys and my wife directly hey guys yesterday at the at the movie theater when x happened i really regret the way i i responded here's what i learned from it there's a lot of freedom in talking that stuff out because my my motivation is to raise the most amazing men like they they treat others with kindness and respect and they serve their communities and, and, I'm, and for me, I found, I think this is part of my, my self healing is that when I fail, instead of looking at it as a failure, I can look at it as a way to use what happened in that circumstance to help my boys not do the same thing. So I don't know if that's a coping mechanism or what, but it's been really freeing for me.
0: No, it's a, it's a really good way. And you're also teaching them ways to process a lot of these emotions, right? The The key here is processing. We don't we, we unlearn processing of emotion and then unlearn, it gets trapped in the body, right? If you look at a, you can watch videos of this. A gazelle gets chased by a lion, fears for its life, massive stress response. And then it, they shake. If they survive, they shake. And it's a nervous system processing the emotional stress of what just happened. That same gazelle right after the shaking is able to go right back to the watering hole where it got chased by a lion, right? So it can regulate its nervous system very easily because they're not overthinking it. They don't have societal pressures, or whatever they learned, right? It's a little bit more, more simple. Um, we unlearn how to do that. Kids do that, right? A kid is all happy. All of a sudden his toy gets taken away. They freak out for five minutes and then they return and they can be smiling again, right? They're processing the emotion. If we do not have a way of processing the emotion, you can think of it as getting stored inside of the body. If it is stored for too long, it starts influencing the way that we think and feel, which then has a negative snowball effect on all of our reactions. So what you're doing with your family of showing vulnerability, acknowledging it, actually thinking through the situation, is a way of processing and releasing emotions. And it has the secondary positive effect of teaching your boys. Mm. So it's yeah. really awesome doing that.
1: I'll just keep doing it. I, t- I tell other men to do it. I'm like, like teach through your failures, man. Just teach. You. You're you going to screw up all the time. Like, just, you may as well use it for something good, right? And it, we always say you don't fail unless you don't learn. So, uh, you know, and that's in life. That's in parenting. That's in marriage. That's in work. But, um, another, another technique that I've used and talked to men about using, and maybe you can help me decipher whether this is a good one or not. And I've found it beneficial, but before I step out of my office for the last time, because I work from home or, um, I, I literally say out loud, how can I best serve my family this evening? And what it does for me is it actually switches my brain. I, I feel like it's it, I've developed it or created this situation where it switches my brain from work thought to family thought. I've I've heard men that get out of their their vehicle and there's a tree on the way to that the house as they're walking in and they hit the tree. They're leaving everything at the tree, like like these these like totems or these things that that are like a physical and I I know someone else who who does like hand motions like okay I'm pushing it all behind me for the day and I'm going in and I'm gonna I'm gonna be with my family how does that fit into all this is this something you've seen as successful or is it just Jedi mind tricks i played with myself
0: no I think it I think it all has a benefit but I do believe that you can optimize what you're doing there Mm -hmm. we're getting this kind of um, philosophical mind state where we're saying, okay, how can I best serve my family? Let me go do that. To go a level deeper, I would. You have to physically leave everything. Right, cool. hitting the tree is great. Um, saying how you're going to change the way that you, you know, when you enter your home is great. This
1: episode of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast is brought to you by Direct Hemp. Direct Hemp are the CBD experts who stand behind all of their products, their providers, and all of the great science behind new innovations in the space. So I've been using some of their products, uh, specifically Charlotte's Web Sleep Gummies. This is a hemp extract infused gummy with melatonin. And I'll tell you what, my wife and I have both experienced amazing results from using these sleep gummies. We're sleeping better. We're waking up more refreshed. We're falling asleep faster. We're getting more REM sleep. I really pay attention to my sleep analytics. I have several apps and devices that actually record how well my sleep is, and these things make a massive difference. And why do I care? Because sleep improves, good sleep improves judgment, recovery, it reduces stress, it reduces inflammation, it improves memory, and AIDS and weight loss, among other things. And these are all scientifically backed facts. So you need to be getting better sleep. And the best place to get your sleep products is through Direct Hemp. So check out the show notes. There will be a link to get 15% off. Use the coupon code BROTHERHOOD and you'll be on your way to better sleep with great tasting, very effective gummies, as well as hundreds of other brands and companies or uh, products that you will enjoy.
0: The next step is actually draining, not draining, releasing any pent up negative energy that's going to affect the way that you think, act, and behave. So if you had a day at work where you felt like you were running at a thousand miles per hour, even if you think about how can I best serve my family, your body, your nervous system will be in a stimulated state. That is going to, as a byproduct of that, emphasize whatever your typical reaction is, which could be uh, being snappy with your kids and your wife if you get frustrated. So you can utilize things such as the breath, such as meditation, such as movement, walking, a little bit of exercise to physically change the nervous system state in your body. So if you pulled your nervous system out of your body, it would look like a human, right? It's all nerves everywhere. This is the biggest control. Mm. So my next suggestion to this is change your physical state, then give those thoughts and maybe a visualization of how you want to act when you get home, and then you will be primed and in the best position to actually execute the way that you wanted to. But we have to return to baseline.
1: Shake like the gazelle. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And there are there are practices just like that. You can think of like people say, um, ecstatic dance is incredibly healing, right? There are literally meditative practices where you shake, where Mm -hmm. you breathe quickly, where you do things like that, where you process. Think about physical exercise. Feels mentally relaxing. You are moving energy, you are processing energy. So having some sort of way, we have to really treat the body and mind. We only have these two different words so that we can understand differences, but it's one thing. We are one system, right? We don't necessarily know where consciousness and mind actually lives. It's one human. So when I say we have to relax the body so that we can influence the mind and thus our thoughts, actions, and behaviors... It's really one thing. So come up with whatever works for you. Like I said, I recommend movement. I recommend some sort of breath. I recommend some sort of meditation. And then you're in this perfect state. And then you visualize just like you did when you were at the airport. And then you execute.
1: Yeah, I think I do almost regularly do box breathing just because it's super easy. The four in, four hold, four, you yeah. know, four out. It's super easy. I'm, I'm teaching my boys that anytime you go through a transition, like you're transitioning into a new class. Maybe you need to stop and breathe or you're going into my, my oldest just went into an interview. He's like, man, it totally changed. Like I was stressed. And then I just went in. And it was like, I was clear. It's like, it was like, uh, so I've actually, I think I've done some of that, but I do have a friend that does the shake thing. Like, and I thought she was crazy. She's like, when I'm done with work, I literally shake. And I was like, where in the world did you get that? And she's kind of always kind of been, you know, just doing, she's not shy. She just does whatever. And she tells everybody about it, but it makes sense now. And I've seen those videos where the, where the antelope will, will shake it. It's like, it's almost like a dog shaking, you know, they get up and they shake off and then they move on. It's, it's kind of the same type of activity. Um, but it's almost something men should do like either before they get in their car on their way home from work, or like once they get home, that like you said it at the beginning, like, Take a few minutes in your car before you transition into the house or whatever it is. These are super, super applicable and super helpful for sure.
0: Of course, it's just having this transitional routine so that we always remember no matter what happens on the outside, we have the ability to control our internal state. What I'm going to tell you now is you you will fail. I still fail. Oh, yeah. We'll continue to fail. There will always be a level of optimization we can make and so this is training. This is how we train as men or as people to be the best versions of ourselves. And we won't always get it right. And then we have another thing to practice, which is release of judgment of ourselves. Yeah. And so it, it's, it's kind of constant, but it really does lead to a more improved life for ourselves and families. That's awesome.
1: Awesome. So uh, before we wrap up, I mean, this is what you do. You help high performers. I think on your, on your resume, you've got like... Uh, you what do you, you got? NFL athletes, executives, entrepreneurs, uh, financial institution. You say financial? Yeah. Um, yeah, we've got everybody. CEOs.
0: Home. Yeah, private equity. All high performers. Investment bank, entrepreneurs. Yeah, professional athletes. Um, and to be honest, it doesn't matter what you're doing. These are human issues and processes. It's not directly specific to whatever you know your profession is.
1: So I do want to make a connection, though, because you do work with those people. I want to make a connection for people because we have a lot of times we hold these like professional athletes up to the limelight or we or we hold these people that have done so well succeed with success. And we take what they say with, you know, so much. Like, wow, that person said X. You know, you think of Will Smith or, or well, <laughs> Maybe not recently, but you think of these people, we all make mistakes, but we think of these people and like, man, they're just, they're so intelligent in all areas. And the point that I would make is they were really good in probably one area, but they understood the importance of coaching, mentoring, and improving themselves in all the other areas. And they put the resources into it. And I think that's a really good connection for an average person to see is like the differentiation between them and you. At this point, not all not all of them are famous people are like this, but at this point is they probably put a lot of work into things like you're talking about. And they spent time, money, and effort
0: into. Of course. So, and you know, typically for for a lot of those people who are famous people, they have the resources and the time to do so. Right. But it does create <laughs> that effect. I think the coach, coaching, mentoring is is the biggest way that we can gain anything, the biggest way that we can make any sort of change, right? And, oh, yeah. it doesn't, and you can get different things from different mentors and different coaches. And I will continue to seek that for the rest of my life, right? Because there are people yeah. that have experiences that I don't have and they have good insights. And the other piece is that they don't have the emotional attachment to what's going on in my life as I do. Right. And that is essentially this, they are the built-in, third person observer that we are trying to build within ourselves. So it becomes an incredibly huge ROI process.
1: Oh, I like how you said that. Yeah. And the ROI is insane. I personally will attest to that when my business has started to grow and I started to make progress in being a better dad, being a better father, being a better business owner, being a better human, having better physical fitness and mental fitness, all of those, all of those pivoted around coaches that I paid for and the ROI has been phenomenal. So I I definitely would back that up a hundred percent. So we're going to drop all your details in the, in the show notes for, for the lazy guy that doesn't want to go there is where do they find you? They find you on Facebook, they find you on Instagram, LinkedIn. Yeah, I'm
0: on. Uh, I'm on most of the social platforms. Um, people can find me on on Instagram. You can also just go to my website, OperationEvolve.net. Oh, I like
1: that.
0: Shoot yeah. me a message, and I'm happy to chat with anybody. That's awesome,
1: Pierce. Anything else before we close this thing up, man?
0: Um, no. I just appreciate you having me on, and I'm I'm really looking forward to hearing how some of your experiences go. That <laughs> you do in person with people. I think that's the most effective way.
1: Oh yeah. can't wait to do the in-person things. And quite honestly, I'd love to have you at one. I think it would be phenomenal to like talk this stuff through with a bunch of guys and let them realize some of those things that might be hijacking their lives because I'm they're not responding. Time. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, me, I, yeah. I feel like I got a little mini coaching session, so I'm coming away with this with all sorts of energy. I appreciate yeah. you so much. I appreciate your time and and breathing some life into me and probably some of the listeners too. So Thanks again,
0: brother. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, the Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood.